Uh, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater with my hand sanitizer here. Today is Thursday, April 2nd, 2020. Uh, today we're reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 101. Uh, we're going to read the first paragraph. It begins, we meet these conditions every day, just the one paragraph only. So the Thursday crew, today's readers, we have Wendy M. on the 12 steps, Sandy C. on the 12 traditions, and the readers of the text are Benita L., Martha Z., and Lauren N. The share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, April 1st, is 9999. No, that's April 4th. No, the share ID for the 7 a.m. meeting is 14,352. That's 14352. The 10 a.m. meeting, 14,354, 14,354. And uh, the uh, newcomer greeter for the second uh, unrecorded hour is Reva P. And then Jen Marie A. is going to be the host for the second hour. Okay. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, and that is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So now, I don't know how many steps we've got. Wendy M., would you read the steps for us this morning? And press star one, if you would. Good morning. This is Wendy M. in Raleigh, North Carolina. Thank you, Larry. And these are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I got twelve, Larry. 
<laughs> I knew there was a certain number of these things. All right, traditions, traditions. Okay, Sandy C., would you be kind enough to, to read the 12 traditions? Good morning. Good morning, Sandy C. in Fall River, Massachusetts, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leader, leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles above personalities. Thank you. Thanks so much. Appreciate that, Sandy C. Okay, here's how this mess uh, works here. Um, our meeting focus in, focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone except Harlan can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic in literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. And this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. Um, we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. If you'd like to share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we resume our study of the big book. We are currently on page uh, 101, the first paragraph that begins, we meet these conditions every day. Just gonna read the one paragraph. And uh, I would now ask Vanita, Vanita L., would you get us started? Good morning, Vanita. Good morning, everybody. This is Vanita L. from Georgia, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, and super grateful for every single soul on this line this morning. We meet these conditions every day. An alcoholic who cannot meet them still has an alcoholic mind. There is something the matter with his spiritual status. 
His only chance for sobriety would be someplace like the Greenland ice cap. And even there, an Eskimo might turn up with a bottle of scotch and ruin everything. Ask any woman who has sent her husband to distant places on the theory he would escape the alcohol problem. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about neutrality and this brings um, that topic um, continues to come up with this paragraph. And I remember the first time I stopped all flour and sugar and um, weighed and measured my food. And I was absolutely blown away that two days later that my food cravings at the age of 50 something went away. I did not even know that they were food cravings. Um, I thought they were just a normal way that we, the people got hungry and um, that really kept me in the program. And then a month after I joined a food program, a 12-step food program, a different one, I was put in charge of the an AA party's dessert table. So it was a banquet table laden with desserts. And the stuff looked like plastic to me. And um, I was totally, absolutely blown away about, um, by that. So, yeah, I still, though I noticed like when this pandemic started, I noticed I had a, more of a tug towards um, not necessarily my trigger foods, but wanting to eat more and stuff. So I still have to watch that. But I'm surrounded. I think we find it harder. I think as I find it harder as also a reader. You know, we can't avoid everything. Most places we go in this society, we're surrounded by. Um, foods and a lot of them um, highly addictive foods for most of us and so it reminds me to stay spiritually fit um, every day that it took me a long time to realize how much work I had to put into this program every day to stay spiritually fit and I do a lot to stay physically fit Right, so it just makes sense that I would need to do a lot to stay spiritually fit. And though it's been a long process, you know, I have surrendered to doing those things, which are, um, you know, calling people, sponsoring people, um, participating in meetings um, on a very regular basis, um, doing these readings, um, serving in the meetings. Um, following that food plan, doing the 10th, 11th, and 12th step. And I'm so grateful for the Vision for You meetings that really drove home the importance of the 10th step because I was always good at the 11th, and uh, but I'm much better with the 10th and the 12th since I came from Vision for You and got the crucialness of them in my life. So thank you, everybody, for being there this morning. Love to everybody. Uh, thanks for getting us started, Vanita. Okay, just to let you know where we're at, again, page 101, the first paragraph Vanita shared on. So if you've sheltered in place in the past day or so, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Who would like to share? Uh, Nancy, Nancy J. from Illinois. Meg D. Anita B. 
Okay. Here's who I have so. Was that Teresa? Okay. So here's who I heard, heard so far. Uh, I heard Nancy J. I think I heard Debbie, Meg, Anita, Teresa. Did I get that right? Who'd I miss? Anybody else in this first round? Okay. Nessa, Nessa. Who is that? Tila A. T is it Tila? Tila, S-A-T-I-L-A, from Yuma. From Yuma. Okay. Laura W. Tila. from Pennsylvania. Okay, let's hold off there after Laura. Okay. So here's yeah here's who I have. If everyone would mute their phone, unless they are the wonderful, magnificent Nancy J. What I have is Nancy, Debbie, Meg, Anita, Teresa, Nessa, and well, you. I'm going to call you Yuma, Arizona, because I think it's Atila, but and then Laura, Nancy. Would can we start with you? Good morning, my dear friend. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Can you hear me? Yes, beautifully. Larry? Oh, good. Good. My phone keeps muting and unmuting on it on its own. Um, this is Nancy J from Geneva, Illinois, and I'm one hour west of Chicago. And uh, I'm so happy to be part of this program and this beautiful fellowship this morning and to hear Larry's welcoming voice and laughter and everyone laughing. I think, oh, what a wonderful fellowship we're in. It's, it, it's such a gift. And reading this paragraph, what I think of is there is no place where you're safe if you're not spiritually fit. There's no place. You can think of any place and how can you be safe? Because even if there's abstinent food, you'll overeat on the abstinent food. For us as human beings with food, there is no safe place if you're a compulsive overeater except to be spiritually fit in this fellowship going through these steps with your sponsor and sponsoring others and being constantly involved in our 12-step program. That's the only safety to, to be protected by your higher power, which is God as you understand him. That's the protection. It's a tremendous protection. And uh, that's, that's our program. Uh, there's no place for us that is a place that it's a particular problem because everywhere we go, there's food. And so the goal of this program is to be spiritually fit and to help others and to stay in spiritual fitness. You must help others. And I'm so grateful for this program this this coronavirus is a great example of how we're we're all at home and we're at home with our refrigerator and all the food in the house but if we have this beautiful program and a higher power and we're working the program we're taking the actions uh then we are protected we're safe and protected and we are all with each other and with that i pass thank you Thank you, Nancy. Okay, next up, if I heard it right, was Debbie followed by Meg. Hey, Debbie, good morning. Debbie, press star one if you would. 
Did I hallucinate Debbie? I wouldn't put it past me. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that I did. And um, how about Meg? Did I also hallucinate Meg? You did not hallucinate. Meg. <laughs> Good morning. It's Meg B. I am from Rhode Island, and this is my first time speaking on a vision for you. I'm mm -hmm. kind of sad to say I have actually been listening for quite some time. Um, but when I heard this paragraph and read it again, it reminded me of when I first came to a healthy OA meeting. And someone in the meeting said, oh, I knew I had to go back and work on my spiritual spirituality, my spiritual status, because the food was calling to me. And I just was so almost upset. What? You're kidding. Because for me, the food always talks to me all the time. What the heck? The food was calling me. Um, and I'm happy to say, after I got to this state of sobriety, I, it, it is true. When I start getting that little, hmm, a little of this, maybe some of that, what about this? I need to go back and look at 10th and 11th step and say, what's going on with me? Um, I, I do, too, relate to this. The Greenland ice cap, an Eskimo with a bottle of scotch would ruin everything. I would turn to my family and say, don't bring that in the house. I can't have that. I can't have this. I can't have whatever else. My poor husband, where he are still happily married, but it must have been such a nightmare. One day I want the stuff, and the next day, don't bring that in here. It's completely up to you to make sure that I can keep going on this or that. Um, so I just want to say that for me, I definitely have that alcoholic mind. And I can see, especially today with these conditions of the anxiety going on, that for me to be calm, I look for that soothing effect of food, but I don't put it all together. I'll be saying, hmm, maybe a little more of this, maybe a taste of that, maybe just I deserve it. I work so hard. All those lies that our mind tells us. So um, that's all I got today. So thank you. With that, I pass. Oh, thanks so much. Okay, next up is Anita, followed by Teresa. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, Anita B. from New Jersey. Um, and yeah, I can relate this paragraph so much to what's going on even right now because. Um, I can't say it enough that if I wasn't in program and I wasn't working these steps, I know what my life would be like right now in, you know, lockdown. Lockdown, it's like a snow day. You know, what did I used to do on a snow day or, uh, you know, coronavirus or a wedding, any of those things, you know. Um, and I'm just grateful today that my mind goes towards spending this extra time being able to work this program and work with others and discover the things about myself that I might not have been able to discover had I not had all this time. But if I'm not in fit spiritual condition, that's not where my mind would go. So every morning, you know, I tell my coworkers too, so now we have to pray even harder and we have to have more faith and delve deeper into our spirituality for these times that we are faced with, like this one right here. I'm very grateful for everyone on this line in this program, this big book. 
uh, and all my fellows. So thanks for letting me share. Oh, you bet, Anita. Thank you. Okay, next up, Teresa, followed by Nessa. Teresa, good morning. Good morning. This is Teresa P. Can you hear me? I can, Teresa. Okay, great. All righty. Um, it's just amazing. I was like, how could I be surprised when you said I was coming up? But I was. I was busy doing my air treatment. And, uh, you know, I just remember in, you know, I'm, I'm grateful I, I get to be at a meeting because I get to, to stay focused on what I need to do. And I'm in that uh, category of uh, being, you know, really vulnerable because um, I have uh, several lung conditions. And, you know, what I get to do is just face the reality that, okay, you know, this is how it is. And, you know, what do I de- need to do to take care of myself and uh, so the first thing I need to do is, you know, stay close to God. And how I do that is with the uh, with program, and because uh, program gives me connection, and and uh, you know, and there it is. I am with the food. And what is so funny is, uh, you know, God has just got a great sense of humor. And uh, I've actually almost emptied my freezer before the <laughs> crisis hit. It's just like. Oh, my gosh, you know. So what I got to do was just simply start, you know, having a prudent reserve. You know, it's like, oh, I need to get some. But, no, I get to have a prudent reserve and share. And so that's like, you know, know, I am in my little Greenland now here. But, you know, the the food is here with me, you know. And there is no place that I am, quote, unquote, safe with food except with God, you know, because, God gives me the neutrality, and I recoil from it as from a hot flame. And and it's just amazing. And here it is, and my husband has whatever he's going to have, and I don't worry about it. And uh, But it's all about, you know, keeping spiritually fit. And so it's that for me that 10, 11, and 12, and just every day, it's like chop wood and carry water every day. Well, for me, it's all about, you know, 10, 11, and 12. And so it's you know, it's, you know, doing that uh, daily, uh, at least, uh, well, the all-day 10-step, but I, 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 did, I definitely write one out and, and, and share it with another recovered compulsive reader at least once a day. And I have, it was suggested to me to start doing it with my recovered sponsees. And I thought, oh, I could do that because, you know, I was noticing, well, they weren't giving me any 10-steps. Who are they doing their 10-steps with? And, and, you know, it was just none of my business, but what I get to do is share with them and carry the message and so I get to do that and then you know it's the lemon step you know it's all about you know keeping that connection and recognizing when other people are uh, making a connection and participating my husband wanted to do a, a daily mass and I thought wow well I can do that I can be a prayer warrior I'm here what can I do I can pray and I can pray you know and I can you know take calls and you know, and, and I could pray for people. So I could do that. And and that helps me with, the, you know, my neutrality. And, and then there's 12, you know. Um, you know, we're doing the Zoom meetings now, and which is wonderful. And, and now I can reach out and, you know, and um, call program. It's, it's so important to do these things. It's just all about, you know, keep doing, you know, 10, 11, and 12. And, you know, though I did have a, a moment yesterday was I was like, Drinking fluids, so they were like I made uh, with my uh, my food was like my little vegetable soups, 
that I had too much. You know, here's my regular food, but I had more than it was comfortable for my stomach. So I get to look at that and go, you know what? I can just split the meal. And, you know, it's just like that. Again, that's the neutrality coming up. It's just like, okay, God telling me what I need to do, you know, when I have you know, situations. And it's just one more time, it's just 10, 11, and 12. And so I'm really grateful that I get to be here and, and share on the meeting and listen to everybody's uh, you know, strength and hope, experience strength and hope and recovery. And it is there in the big book and through this depth that I can connect up with God. That I, He's always there. But I, I, I fill up the, uh, the connection with, you know, garbage. And today, I take the garbage out by working program and so that I can hear what, you know, God is sharing with me to do so that I can have another wonderful day. So thank you for letting me share. And I'll pass. Thanks so much, Teresa. Okay, we have Nessa followed by my friend in Yuma. I think it's Attila, if I, if I said that right. Nessa, hi, 52 in Toronto. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Uh, vision for you. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. To me, this paragraph highlights the difference between abstinence and recovery. You know, abstinence is not eating. And recovery is not wanting to eat. You know, somebody who's just abstinent needs to be careful where they go, why they keep in the house, who they're with. But somebody who's recovered is safe and protective. And, you know, um, tomorrow is my son's birthday, and it culminates a period of a month. But there's a lot of birthdays in my family, including my own. And we normally would go out to eat. Of course, now nobody can go out to eat, but we can still get takeout. And um, when it was my birthday, I was asked, okay, so what would you like? Um, you know, like there's not a lot of kosher restaurants here that I, um, you know, that we go to. Um, but all restaurants, especially the Chinese restaurants, have been hit very hard, including the, the one kosher Chinese um, takeout place. And so I said, let's have Chinese. And I don't eat Chinese. Um, I haven't for nine years, and but I was very happy to support the restaurant. I was very happy to please my family because they love Chinese. Why should they be deprived? Because I don't eat Chinese. And we brought it in, um, and um, I had my uh, my uh, leftovers from the night before, uh, weighed and measured, um, while everybody gorged themselves on the you know brown, greasy, shiny foods. And it was fine. And I felt amazing, not only because obviously my stomach was not full and I wasn't obsessing over the food and when is everybody going to go to bed so that I can, you know, polish off all the leftovers and, you know, that. But, you know, like I, I did something for my family. I focused on what they would like instead of what I would like. Um, I helped the Chinese restaurant uh, tonight. Actually, we're having Chinese again for my son's birthday, um, you know. And this is something that I would not have been able to do nine years ago. Um, I would have been either running towards the Chinese food or hiding from the Chinese food. But there was no fight. There's no fight because it doesn't call to me. And this is the beauty of recover. I don't want it. I don't want to eat. The only thing I want to eat is what's mine, you know, my weight and measure meal, whatever meal of the day that happened to be 
And that is fine because food is just food now. Food is not recreational. Food is not an escape. Food is not a medicine. Food is just energy so that I can continue to do what I need to do, which is um, serve God and help others. And this is such a transformation. I mean, this period of time really highlights the transformation that is possible um, when a person puts down the food entirely, rigorously, honestly, and works the steps to the best of their ability and continues to work it day by day. You know, and I'm living it right now. I'm not worried about tonight. I'm not worried about the food. Um, and it just feels right to do to do this for, for everyone. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. All right, we'll go down to Yuma, Arizona, and then we'll head over to Laura. Good morning. Is it Satila? Did I say that right? Hello, this is Sheila, a human from an, an overeater, whatever. <laughs> Just tried to put it together hey, somehow. Good hey, Good morning. This is the first time that I'm sharing on A Vision for You, and I am just so uh, grateful for this meeting. So far from everyone's share in this paragraph, I've gotten so much. Oh, my word. I love the ideas uh, between, uh, between recovery and uh, abstinence uh, because I'm, I'm beginning to feel, especially being sequestered here, starting to feel the, the real recovery the idea and the feeling that the food is not calling so much to me. The food, I'm not taking it. It's not my entertainment. It doesn't sing and dance for me. It's what I need for energy. And um, when uh, the first woman who read talked about how the food um, used to, uh, she used to think that was the normal way of being hungry food talking to her and calling to her. You know, I, I've been saying for a long time, you know, I'm a sugar addict, so what? That's just the way it is. And I never quite grokked how that was. You know, why, why would I be okay with the fact that I was a sugar addict when I wasn't okay with, you know, other things that I did uh, without thinking? And... uh you know, it's because that's what I thought was the usual and customary. That really was what I thought was the way to live, that there wasn't any other way. And thank, thank goddess that in this program, I have learned different. I have a different perspective. I'm able to grow and open. I love uh, the book, I love the steps. The steps really guided me to my higher power. And that has been, uh, you know, just a, an expanding, beautiful, sweet blessing every day. Like it says, we have to meet these conditions every day. Every day is brand new. Even every breath. Every breath is brand new. So I need to keep my spiritual status every moment connected and i get to do that with all of you and with myself and just all the time so thank you so much with that i'll pass 
Thank you, Sheila. Okay, Laura, it's your turn. Good morning. Good morning, all you amazing, awesome people that understand me without me having to explain who I am. This is Laura W. in, in Pennsylvania on the East Coast, close to New Jersey and New York. So hello, all you tri-state people. I am just looking at this everyday idea, the everyday. So I'm old enough that I got up early and was at the grocery store at 6 o'clock for my weekly. And I love the idea of this carry water and, and chop wood to be of service. I did not want to go grocery shopping. I did not want to leave the house. I'm perfectly content to um, safe harbor at this time. But my family, you know, so, and I'm the one. I'm the only one in the house that's, uh, that's old enough to really go without. Um, so there, what comes to mind for me, the everyday in all my affairs, is that there are a lot of jokes right now about weight gain and overeating and the COVID-19 20 and 50 pounds and and it just brings to mind the dubious luxury of, of, forgive me, women, normal men that the big book talks about. People can have resentment. I can't afford it. People can do what they want with food. It's not my reality. I have to do the same thing so that this truly is a safe harbor. This house is not a prison or a, um, you know, one of those houses like at the the amusement parks where you go in and it's crazy mirrors and distortion and all of that insanity. Uh, for today, I keep my spiritual fitness with me, and right now I'm increasing my spiritual fitness. I'm coming on this meeting most every morning. I'm doing more spiritual work at night before I go to bed, so that, and I'm noticing my anxiety is almost eliminated at night. It's um, not what I used to do right before bed. I do my step 10 in the morning, but I do know, I like the concept of recovered, but I do know that I have a progressive disease and I'm recovering on a one day at a time basis for over 18 years I've been abstinent. So I understand both concepts, but while my disease is in the parking lot doing push-ups, as my sponsor first told me when I started, I'm working on my recovery and I have an advanced degree in a black belt. So push-ups are going to do nothing to my recovery. I will kick the disease in the head and I will be of service and chop wood and carry water and be there for other recovering people and for my family and people in my community and just do the next right thing one day at a time. But I start my day with you guys, and that is the best I can do for today at this time. But I want to thank you, Larry. Your humor is gorgeous. Everybody's voices are feeding me what I need to be fed, which is not on the physical prong. It's emotional. It's spiritual. Keep my mind stable and steady for today. And, and I can get out. I, what I want to end out with this um, COVID-19 is not that I did or didn't get sick, but that I am as abstinent and as centered and grounded and spiritual as I was the day before I heard about this. So um, with that, I pass. And thank you so much for your service. Oh, thank you, Laura. Okay, you guys, we're on page 101. We read the first paragraph only. Who would like to uh, share on what was read? Leah. Craig F. Craig, Elena, Carmela, Arlen, uh, Okay, we're going to stop there. Nicola. Okay, I think I missed someone here. I, I have Laura, uh, Leah, no, I think I got it. Leah, Craig, Chuck, Jen, Harlan, Carmela, Devore. Let's see if we can get through it, starting with, drum roll, prrr, Leah. Good morning, Leah. Leah, do you require two drum rolls? Because I will give you another drum roll. Press star one. There's our drum roll. Leah. Uh, 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking away to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. So ask, uh, ask any woman who has sent her husband to distant places on the theory that he could um, escape or recover from the alcoholic problem. So um, uh, I quarantined quarantined myself just because of all these uh, threats and also because I live in an apartment building and I live in Brooklyn, congested area. Anyway, um, what I found was that I needed to expand on my spirituality because I like to go to the uh, fruit store and I like to choose my own um, my own vegetables and stuff and now I'm doing everything online and uh, it, it's, it's like trusting that these guys are not going to give me stuff that is not the fresh or you know it's 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 uh, it's not combating this anxiety but in, in in a very large sense of the word, it is so. Um, and, and in order to do so, I need to expand on my spirituality, and I need to meet these conditions every single day. Um, it's uh, and it has been working, but I need to do it um, a lot of times, a lot of times. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Oh, thanks so much, Leah. Uh, next up, Craig, followed by Chuck. Hey, Craig, how you feeling? Good morning. I'm doing all right. Thanks. Good morning, Larry. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, this paragraph, that, like so many we've been doing, is dealing with the idea that um, uh, we can be recovered regardless of the circumstances, that if we maintain our fit spiritual condition, we can go anywhere and, and do anything that uh, is needed to be done. And I'm put in mind of uh, over in the 12 and 12, uh, where Bill writes about how uh, alcoholics went off to World War II. And he talks about how uh, some of them went to the beaches of Salerno and some of them to, the, to Alaska and they stayed sober. And, and that paragraph has a particular meaning to me because I had an uncle in both places uh, and he he drew quite a picture there that that might be lost on people that don't uh, know World War II history real well and that is that, that there's such a difference between Salerno uh, in Italy which was a meat grinder the, you know people getting killed everywhere it was uh, it was bloody it was so bad that uh, Bradley told General Patton he would have relieved him had he been in, in command of him for, for ever engaging in that battle. It was just a horrible battle. And, and Alaska, well, I had a great uncle in Alaska. Alaska was nothing. Uh, it, it was, there was an attack expected. It never, it never really occurred. There was a small skirmish out on an island. But mostly they sat in the cold and they waited. And they they uh, didn't engage and and yet the tension of the of the coming engagement was there and and the point of that is that they that these guys were these alcoholics that went off to those two battles were able to stay sober under both circumstances you know and and so what it's telling me is that I can stay sober 
in the everyday of life, you know, get up, go to work, uh, come home, uh, you know, do do my uh, do my life and uh, go to bed, that I can stay sober, and that I can stay sober in uh, in times of this uh, COVID virus and this shelter in place and this everything's out of sync and out of you know it's difficult to go to the grocery store and it's difficult to go and a lot of places are closed and it's just you know life is life has a stress to it we're 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 all worried about ourselves and our loved ones you know i have loved ones that work in healthcare, and i'm worried about them and and yet i can stay abstinent i can stay in fit spiritual condition and and no matter what the circumstances that my sobriety my abstinence is not dependent on the circumstances around me. It's dependent on my reliance and my surrender to a power greater than myself. To, it's, it's dependent on my prayer life. It's dependent on my, uh, 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 on my uh, praying fervently every day. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Craig. Okay, we got Chuck followed by Jen and then Harlan. Hey, Chuck, what's going on? Good morning, Larry. Chuck from Georgia. How are you? Hey, I was dude. going to I was going to talk a little bit about the difference that I see in my life uh, from this from this paragraph in the big book. And there was a time in my life where I was over 400 pounds. I'm a big person, six foot three, and I would send my wife nightly to go get sugary things and salty things, and it was literally almost every night, and this went on for decades. And this week I've been reading, um, I've been doing the steps over again, and one of the things that caught my attention was when Fred and more about alcoholism made the decision to surrender to the process, and he had this curious feeling that his problem had been relieved, as it indeed uh, proved to be. And now I'm the type of person that when my wife has bronchitis, that I can say, honey, I'll go get the groceries for you. Don't feel any way. You probably don't need to be getting out. Georgia has just shut down as of tomorrow. You probably don't need to be with all the people that are going to be out there. Program has given me the ability to want to do that, to be of service. The Chuck before program didn't want to leave his house when he left Friday or came home Friday from work. He didn't even want to step out the door until Sunday morning or Monday morning to go back to work. I would stay inside on my bed watching TV and eating. Now, not only do I have the desire to want to do these things, I have, what, seven people in my house now. I've got four kids and a fiancé now. And we're going to be in the house for two weeks. I have not one thought right now of going to get any sort of thing that I normally would want to get uh, every other day back before program. I can buy all the food that they want, the stuff that they like to have, and I can pick these things up, look at them, and I'm, there is a sense of, of happiness that this just isn't my food. I'm not eating this. And then I always joke, the kids always joke around with me about Halloween time because the real monster of Halloween was me, and everyone knows why the real monster was me at Halloween before program. Because kids couldn't keep candy in the house. I'd find it and eat every bit of it. 
I've made kids cry, my own children cry, eating all their food. Now, I'm willing to be of service to my family, to take on the responsibility for doing something that I don't want to do. I can buy these things no matter what it is, and I don't have the first thought of wanting to eat them. I can buy them, put them in the basket, take them home, let the kids put them away. There they sit. That is the miracle of program, and that only came from God. I never did anything to do that. Well, actually, the only thing I ever did to do that was to surrender to the process, which meant I had to learn what these steps were all about by picking up this book and going over it over and over and over and over again. That's my decision. The rest of the decisions are not up to me. So no matter what goes on, I understand God has it, and I cannot, I love what I heard today, I cannot afford resentment, fear, any of those emotions. I can't afford to have any of them. And I have a wonderful way to remove them that I didn't have before. So thanks for everybody. Thanks everybody for letting me share. Hey, thanks, Chuck. Littleton, Colorado. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Representing further west. This is Jen A. Recovered in Colorado today. Thanks for your service. So uh, working with others, um, we're getting towards the end. So the beginning of the book was how do I approach the still suffering, right? Approach the beginning of this chapter. Then the middle of the chapter talks about how to help to the best of my ability based on my experience, strength, and hope. And this part that we're reading again today um, are the promises of helping others. And yesterday we read about um, assuming that we are spiritually fit. We can do all sorts of things that a compulsive overeater is not able to do. And um, today it says, we meet these conditions every day, right? Okay, so what are the conditions that I'm meeting every day? Life. Life is going to continue to happen, and especially in these times, right? And if you can't handle the circumstances and the conditions that life are throwing you, then may I lovingly say this, perhaps you were like me. At one point in time when I was still in the food and still engaging in the behaviors of my disease. That's the reality, right? Um, when I wasn't actively working these 12 steps, if, when I had not actively put down the food and the food behaviors, then what kept going for me? My alcoholic mind. Uh, you know, I was on a Zoom meeting last night and um, we're reading uh, the chapter, there's a, um, there's a solution. And uh, 20 pages I've learned in there are dedicated to the mind. Why? Um, because it's a huge part of my problem. Um, and, you know, I'm so grateful that um, I know about the allergy of the body, the twist of the mind, how they work together, the phenomenon of craving, everything that's and, and being diagnosed in this program, in the doctor's opinion. Thank you, God. So I have to start someplace, right? Um, and it says at the beginning, at the end right here, it says, um, he would escape the alcohol problem. The only escaping I did was white knuckling me in control. Today I'm living, right? I'm not escaping. I'm accessing power. I'm staying plugged in. I'm asking myself, where is God? Am I surrendered? Am I seeking? Am I connected? Am I trusting? Am I relying? And how do I do this? Through the 12 steps on a daily basis. 
my friend on the line says, I wash, I rinse, and I repeat every day. And I love that, right? Because that is my reality. So I know for me today that um, neutrality for me equals where am I at spiritually. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Jen. Now pitching for the Cubs, number 31, Ferguson <laughs> Jenkins. You said it. <laughs> it is baseball. Thanks, Larry. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. I look at these paragraphs and I think to myself, what is the condition that I meet every day that is going to drive me into the food? And that condition is me breathing with blood flowing through my veins. I like dogs. I've had dogs for a long, long time. I don't have one now, but uh, we had dogs for many, many years, mostly German shepherds. But I like watching the dog show. This dog is bred to retrieve, and this dog is bred to guard. And this dog over here, it's bred to uh, hunt this type of animal or that type of an animal. I'm a North American compulsive overeater. And as a compulsive overeater, food in my mind is going to have an extremely unnatural position. I have friends of mine, and all of you do too, that if there was no coronavirus and if we were going on a trip, they might think about what we're going to see and what we're going to do there and where we're going to go and all this other stuff. Cards up on the table, I'm thinking about what's the food going to be like, where are we going to eat, when are we going to eat, how are we going to eat. In Bill's story, it says golf permitted drinking every day and almost every night. I want to engage in behaviors that in my mind excuse excessive compulsive overeating. In order not to engage in that, I must be in fit spiritual condition. There will always be temptations. Somebody's going to show up with some Chips Ahoy. Somebody's going to show up with some Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. There's people, oh, don't mention food. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, if you mention food, we're all going to have a stroke. You didn't need me to tell you that there's potato chips at the store. You didn't need me to say, you know, the round thing they eat on birthdays. Knock it off. Let's just say cake and move on. We all know what cake is. Not anybody on this line never heard of cake. Come on. Let's get with it. My ability to stay out of those foods and stay out of the obsessive, insane thinking about those foods rests within the spiritual condition. And that means I'm going to have to take action. More action today than I did yesterday because the disease is progressive. If I take action, specifically helping other sick compulsive overeaters to a recovery, then I can be benign to the ideas of that food and I can be released happily. Happily. That's the key. Somebody said it before. Abstinence is not eating. Recovery is being happy about it. And to be in that place of neutrality, I need to work the steps and work them every day and work them like my hair's on fire. And I hope that uh, everybody has a great day. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Larry, for your service. Thank you, Ferguson. All right. Next up, Carmela. Good morning, Carmela. 
Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much, and thank you, everyone, for being on the line this morning. I'm Carmela G. from New York, a grateful compulsive overeater recovered for today. Every day, every day, I, I, I just never understood. My very first sponsor that um, initially took me through the steps used to say to me, Nothing matters except that you stay in fit spiritual condition. Now, I may have been old in years, but I would just, I was so desperate, I would nod and say, okay, okay, I would do anything, anything for recovery because I was so desperate to live. But I didn't really, I acted as if for so long in the beginning of program. And it's, It's only as the years progress that I can truly say, yes, abstinence is absolutely necessary. But the one thing I don't ever want to give up is this magnificent relationship I have with my higher power. Because you see, in disease, I had a higher power. Yeah, it was me and food, and I I instructed God exactly what to do every day. But today, due to step three, I surrender, and I give myself, and I develop this design for living with my higher power. I ask for the guidance to direct me. And it's that relationship that keeps me full. I need enough of food to nourish my body. But it's that fullness, that fullness in my heart, the joy. And recently someone um, whom I, I don't know, I met only because she heard me share one morning and she called. Uh, we were talking about the chapter We Agnostics. And um, I described the relationship with my higher power. And she said, that sounds like a real love. And yes, I needed that newer person to let me know that that was truly a love. And that's what life is about, maximum service. First to God and then to all, to all the fellows including all my my colleagues that are out there on the front lines. And all I can do today and with my age and my health condition is pray. But that's a hell of a lot. One of my colleagues has this virus. He's recovering. And Saturday he has to go back to the front lines. And I live in Manhattan and he works in a place that has 1,200 beds that have turned all into the COVID virus beds. They care nothing else anymore. And he's going back to the war zone. And I said to him, I will pray for you. And he said, you don't know how much I appreciate that. And I must keep that promise every day. Thanks for allowing me to share and have a safe day and then stay in the sunlight of the spirit. I pass. Thank you.
Thank you, Carmela. And I'm so sorry, Deborah. We'll have to wait to the second hour if you're around. Um, I, I wish to thank everyone who has shared and everyone who's joined us this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Let me give you the share ID for today. Uh, that number is 14,359. That's 14359. We're now going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Martha Z, would you be uh, kind enough to read that for us? Thanks, Larry. This is Martha Z, um, Recovered Compulsive Overeater by the Grace of God. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Hey, so he said so good.